Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. It's a lovely mic, Lisa. Well, it does the trick, Uh you know, I mean... I'm not. I'm a bit of a technophobe, so oh, the fact don't. that I've not had any disasters yet is right. no mean feat. It's a very casual start, right? Um, but I will say, I've got a cup of tea, and I didn't make it. Julie Brown made it. I did indeed. It's one a of my cup of tea. One of my only skills. <laughs> it's never strong enough. People tell me. Oh, it is. It's, it's delightful. <laughs> I'm thoroughly enjoying my tea. We're in the Toronto Theatre in Glasgow, and I'm here with Julie Brown, a good friend. Thank you. And I'm delighted you've said yes to me. Oh, because, delighted Because you're like yes. a very busy woman with many talents. Well, as I was saying to you when you first arrived, when you do listen back to all your podcasts, there are so many amazing people out there. And it's such a lovely thing to be linking up with all these people kind of... That's nice. Online yeah. and, We're very yeah. lucky to work in this world, to be fair. We are, because in some respects I go, God, it feels like when you work in the arts it's quite a small pond, but actually... The more, you know, the more years I spend doing stuff, the more people I meet and the more amazing things I come across and I'm, that I'm not aware of. Like last year, um, Lisa and I worked together on a project uh, as part of the European Championships, as part of the festival programme. And that was the first time I was aware of some of the stuff that was happening in Glasgow mm. City Centre, you know, with different so groups. True. And so you true. just don't believe some of the amazing stuff that's going yeah. on. So, yeah, and people out there. Well, as well as making tea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent tea. Thank you, you are well. First and foremost, I knew you when I met you as an actor. Yes. But you are also a director and a theatre maker, and I'm starting to blush. <laughs> I feel there's a list. I mean, <laughs> literally, you could be tasked with any job, Julie, and I feel like you're just somebody who just can do it. You're just one of these people that just gets on it and gets it done. Um. Yeah. Well, you can add to the list. I worked in the co-op. Did she? I did. That was my first job when I was at school. I worked in Safeway. Right. I worked in the Bonnie Prince Charlie. Right. I spent six years in Sainsbury's coffee shop. Goodness. Yes. In fact, there's a. Um, I'm sure this will come up later on, mm. but um, I'm co-artistic director of a theatre company called Random Accomplice, and my um, other half, not better half, as some people would say, uh, Johnny McKnight, he worked in Safeway slash Morrison's yes. um, while I worked in Sainsbury's. And we did used to have, and this is no lie, we used to have, when we shared a flat together, we would have sessions where we would compare the prices of our cream teas, etc., between the two supermarkets. So, yeah, um, I'm totally digressing already, no, haven't I? That's what this podcast is all about. All so, as well as those lovely jobs, I... When I left school, I was a life insurance underwriter. Yes, I did know that. I worked for Sun Alliance, mm. and then I moved to General Accident. Right. And then I studied human resources management. And while I was doing that, I was working in Sainsbury's, and I was kind of on the fast track to the management scheme to work in okay. HR. And then I gave it all up for the dizzy heights of... <laughs> The Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama, yeah. as it was then. Uh-huh. So at school, was there no want or inclination to be in the world of theatre or the arts? Or well, was it just that... this is where I give the game away about my age. So this is about where you're meant to delete it, Lisa, but okay. not really. Uh, no, you're fine. <laughs> like job. When I was at school, it was when all the teacher strikes were on. So okay. your listeners who are savvy will be like that. Oh, she's in her 20s. Um, so it was when all the teacher strikes were on so everything stopped all the after school curriculum and the school I went to it was Claremont High School in East Kilbride and it had a fantastic reputation for its school shows when I started in first year uh, it was the pyjama game and I never auditioned to do it I was far too shy there was no way as a new first year in a high school I would have done a school show and then unfortunately after that it all stopped and for the remainder of my term, for my years at Claremont, mm. there was nothing until uh, in my final year, the drama teacher there, because there was no O grades, no hires in drama. Yeah. Again, pure 1960s here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did a little mini production of Godspell. I think there was about oh. 10 of us in the cast. 
It's a great um, show. Which was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my first foray into oh, yeah. something. Yeah. So you felt the bug there, maybe? A little bit. Well, I had gone to dance classes from the age of three right mm. up until I was about 18 or 19. And that was always my first passion was dance. And I actually remember as part of um, my dance training, they did a production of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Right. Weirdly, I think I must have been about nine or ten, and I played Maria the Maid. I still remember it, and I still remember my costume because my gran made me it. Um, so that was probably my first kind of into the mm. acting. And then, like many, many people, you find a way in through amateur theatre. And I was a member of East Kilbride Rep, and I was in a production of Jack and the Beanstalk. Cool. I think I was in fourth or fifth year at school, and I was, you know, villager number five or whatever <laughs> that may be. The um, important part. And that's where it kind of mm. came from. But then when I left school and I was working full time mm-hmm. and I discovered, oh, wages, Money. oh. Buy myself stuff. Pub called Carnegie's <laughs> Underground on the St Vincent Street. They used to do Death by Chocolate on a Friday night. <laughs> right. I'd be on the train home about nine o'clock, you know, a little bit worse for air. <laughs> So all that kind of stuff disappeared. Aye, okay. It was yeah. just, it was a moment in time almost. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a few years later when I was going to see friends do stuff, I was at that. Oh, okay, uh, I'm going to give this a wee bash. Mm. And by that point, I'd stopped dancing. I knew I was missing something. Yeah. And part of that came from, I think at the time, if you wanted to do dance, you really had to think about going down south. Um, whereas there is opportunities now yeah, and abundance, abundance which is fanta- yeah, yeah. it's just fantastic when you see all that. Mm. And actually, I'm maybe speaking out of turn, there maybe were opportunities, but I didn't know about them. them. Yeah. And again, to the younger listener, there was a time before the internet when we what? used to use Say what? we used to use the yellow pages to the, look up the addresses of theatre companies. Yes. So, <laughs> something like Scottish Youth Theatre, I had never heard of yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was, you know, a teenager. Absolutely. But it would have existed, mm. but I didn't know about it. And Nobody was actively... Door or somebody's taking you there, then you don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe that shows that you need to be proactive yourself in finding things, but I would have needed somebody to come to me and say, here's an opportunity. Got yeah. So, um, yeah, I wasn't very proactive yeah. in looking for those things. And when I had given up dancing, it kind of, that just was like a bit that was kind of cut out of life and you just kind of get on with things. You get your head down, you do something else. But then there's always a little bit of a want and you mm. start to find your way back into But I think, like, kudos to you for then going and pursuing that as an adult. Because mm-hmm. like you say, you know, making money, yeah. being out in the world, like, responsibilities. Uh-huh. There must be a million people out there that have got that, oh, I wish I had, I used to be really good at that. You know, like, yeah, and totally. just uh-huh. for whatever reasons... Haven't doesn't happen, you know, and they've got that regret. Whereas you obviously took the bill by the horns, went, I'm going to make this happen. I did. Part of it came from I saw a couple of other people doing it, and if I am perfectly candid, and of course I'm not going to name any names, no. I was like that. How did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> so those of you in the past who might be listening, don't get the paranoia. It's no you, honestly. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there just came a moment. It was like a. One of those kind of, ta-da, a eureka moment. And I was like that, what am I doing? I should be doing this. And I set myself a challenge. I decided if I was going to do it, mm-hmm. I was only going to audition for what was then the RSAMD because I felt like going into it a little bit later, not getting in straight from school, I wanted to give myself the best start that I yes. could. And I didn't audition for anywhere else. Partly it's a finance thing as well and it's something we're all really aware of even still mm. today. But, you know, if you do want to go and study down south, it's a hell of a lot so of money. So much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew that at that point I was staying at home, I could commute in, that would be fine. I was going to audition and I told no one apart from one friend, um, the lovely Leanne McKenna, and um, she had been a student at the academy. Uh When I applied, the course was the BA in Dramatic Studies and they wrote back saying, thank you for wanting to audition. We're not doing this course anymore. It's changed to contemporary theatre practice. Would you still like to audition? I was like, absolutely. Not realising it was an utterly different course from what I first applied for. But in my head, I'm going, oh, a wee bit singing and dancing. It's all fine. (laughs) And that was that. So I auditioned and very thankful to have Mm. been accepted. And uh, yeah, so it all happened very quickly. I think I auditioned in the May and started in September. So you just to your mum and dad and all that. 
So, so just way, to let you know, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Uh-huh. That's awesome. And yeah. did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the course? Oh, 100%. I had a yeah. fantastic time. Um, it's four years uh-huh. and I look back on it now and you go, God, some of the opportunities that you were given were absolutely incredible. But just to be able to forge your own path, um, I think being the first year of that course as well was really interesting and I think good for me going as a more mature student Mm -hmm. in fact there were several people within the class as well that we were all in our kind of early to mid 20s opposed to coming out of I'm laughing early to mid 20s yeah I'm right on the periphery of that Uh (laughs) Um, but so it was in a way you were able to forge a path I mean you were still supported Mm. but to have the experience to have it sounds like a cliche, but to have the life experience of being out there and having worked and having um, done stuff, it meant that when we graduated, the understanding of the business world of things, of funding applications, of tax, you know, all mm. the things that we don't get into yeah, the arts yeah. to do, but it was just it was incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So while you were there, you know, were you starting to dream up of the kind of work that you would like to do, or was it just like, I'll take it in? That's interesting. I think... The, the course was quite uh, diverse and we really had such good grounding in performance and directing and in education work. So you were kind of inspired by these three different avenues. My honours year was a performance year, so I did leave thinking what I want to do is make work and perform. That was definitely the road I wanted to go down. And as I mentioned earlier, myself and my fellow student, Johnny McKnight, we then created Random Accomplice and we sat one day, we shared a flat, we sat on the couch side by side and we wrote down words on a bit of paper. We just swapped the words, there was nothing, and then we picked two words that we thought went well together and that was where we came up with... Where we came up with our... uh, (laughs) Yeah, with our name. Um, and was that quite soon after you'd graduated? Yeah, that was more or less right away after graduating. I think... We, we just knew we had to do something. We were really driven and we were interested in the same kind of thing. And interestingly, having for four years devised work from different stimuluses, the first thing we ever did together was we sat and wrote a script. Um, so it was a completely different way yeah. of working from what we'd spent four years doing. And we were really heavily influenced at the time by the Archies, mm-hmm. which... Um, I think has been a massive loss I think in terms of the Glasgow art scene but at the time the Archies uh, had an award called the New Directors Award which Johnny and I applied for under the banner of Random Accomplice for a show called it was called 19 Ales A Drive I still remember that it was a show that's never been made and I'm delighted to say we we were not successful (laughs) we didn't win the award but what did happen was the Archies said to us we like your your idea it's yeah. good chatting to you we'd like to support you and they brought us in as part of the festival at that time um, and gave us the opportunity to create a piece of work and our first piece we called Nothing to Fear Anymore and I think being part of that festival then gave us a grounding we had press come in we were able to meet other people working we were able to make links we did that no funding at all but it gave us a really true picture oh, of brilliant. how can we do this. So it was invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh-huh. Just for somebody to take a chance on you and go, aye. Yeah. We, we, we can see, you know, you've got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's kind of where that started from. So, so. random accomplice. Yes. If, if someone hasn't been exposed to your work before, what... What other kind of work have you done? What, what is, is there a, is, is there Oh, something? I could list them all right, and I could, no, but I'm not going to, uh-huh. of is, course I'm not going to say, oh, look us up on the YouTube, you'll see other clips. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely that. shamelessly. Is there, would you say, can you categorise your work or, or do you feel like over the years you've done so many different things? I think the one thing, I remember Johnny and I talking about, if Random Accomplice was a person, who would it be? Okay. We decided Random Accomplice would be Julie Walters. Because (laughs) we love the kind of pathos of having that real gritty sense of humour, but it could switch at any point and there could be a darkness. And that was the thing that we loved exploring. Um, So a lot of our work was always built around humour. And occasionally there would be pieces where that was not the driving force behind it. Mm. But it was certainly something... I would see that in every rehearsal, every development, we laughed. We always laughed, you know, and that was kind of one of the most amazing things about it was just to be able to kind of share that environment yeah. and come away laughing. 
again I'm like that check out the outtakes but there are we've got clips on the YouTube channel where it's just me and Johnny laughing <laughs> just laughing about things so um, yeah that's you a lovely thing you just feel that you're in an environment that you're just you can just be yeah. absolutely yourself just be as creative and daft as you want and just uh-huh. through that you'll find what you yeah. the nuggets that of joy. Totally, totally, yeah. It's so cool. Uh, I mean, there was a point when, when we used to share a flat and we had the big computers, remember the big PCs and yeah. the big hard drives? <laughs> and we had two tables and we used to sit back to back and we would write on the script and then after an hour we would go change and we would swap seats. <laughs> I would start working on his, he would start working on mine, so that was our very creative and way. And working of, with your pal as well. Uh-huh. How was that? Um, <laughs> did you hear that dramatic pause, Johnny? Uh-huh, that's it. <laughs> Do you know, that's the thing I think there has to be a friendship to be mm. able to create work in such a kind of intense way sometimes because you're all doing more than one role you're yeah. either performing in it and directing in it and producing it and you know mm. whatever else so there needs to be a real trust and a commitment and a, an understanding of what one another is doing so um, and also the whole time you're still freelancing you're well, still working on other say. projects you're working uh-huh. on other stuff yeah. So then you just need to feel that somebody's got your back and, and, and totally. somebody that gets it. Uh-huh. Totally. You know, it's in that world as well. Totally. And I suppose the thing is, you know, when it comes to creating a piece of work, you've invested yourself in it. And so it can be quite nerve-wracking when all of a sudden audiences are coming in or it's yeah. been critiqued or whatever that is. And particularly when some of the work we did was autobiographical from Johnny's point of view. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you are kind of putting yourself out there at yeah, times. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. So, random accomplice, writing, performing, directing, mm-hmm. then where else were you kind of seeking out the work? Or was it just kind of coming to you through random accomplice? Or No, I think um, my, my first acting job, if I remember correctly, was with the Archie Theatre Company. Okay. And it was in a production of Tamil Shanter, which oh. Andy Arnold directed. And of course, Johnny was also cast in that. So there was times we were going, oh, I literally can't get away from you. <laughs> um, but these are the kind of jobs that when you appreciate just the opportunities you're given, because we, we toured Scotland with that one, we were performed at the Edinburgh Fringe, but we also performed at the Prague uh, Festival oh, Fringe, wow. which was amazing Lovely. to be able to do. And actually, there have been jobs I've done over the years um, with National Theatre of Scotland, with Scottish Youth Theatre, where I have been to Eust, I've been to Shetland, I've been to uh, Stornoway. I mean, Random Accomplice, we took a show to New York. Did you? I mean, I've had an incredible, I've had the opportunity, I was at Ch- I've been to Turin, you know, I mean, Goodness. just, I've been, um, I've performed in a show directed by the lovely Andrew McKinnon, mm-hmm. working with a Dutch actor called Herman Van Baar, and we created a piece of work here. It was the third in a trilogy for them. Um, and then we took it to Holland and toured in Holland wow. and so you're just sometimes you can't believe the opportunities that are afforded mm. to you by doing something that you yeah. love you know and sometimes I think there can be some really dark times when it comes to funding and opportunities and work and it can be quite an unsociable job sometimes in terms of your working hours and your nights and your weekends and Sometimes you look back and you realise you have sacrificed personal things because the work takes Massively over. Yeah, of course. But sometimes you go, God, I have seen yeah. bits of this country. Mm. Bits of... I, and working is a different scenario uh-huh. to travelling, uh-huh. you know, as a tourist type thing, being in the, you know, cultural yeah. spaces and meeting people uh-huh. from other countries. I mean, it's, like you say, it's just like proper pinch me moments. Like, yeah. Um, Absolutely. How like places you maybe never would have thought to wait, you know, uh-huh. went to kind of thing. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, and then when I, I was working in South Eust, it was um, with the, the lovely John Binney and Rona MacDonald on a piece for National Theatre of Scotland's Home Away Festival. It was a 10-year anniversary festival okay. from, their very, from their inaugural piece called Home that they'd mm-hmm. created when the NTS had started. And when I was over in Eust, and the piece was all done in Gaelic, and I, I we were, I was walking, it was walking to work, it was the commute, I, I remember taking a photo of it, and I was just walking through these this beautiful landscape, the sun was coming up, there was highland cows Aww. in the field, and in the distance I could see this church hall where I was walking to, there was nothing else around, 
And as I got up there, I could hear all this chattering and everybody was chatting in Gaelic. And it, I just thought, that's it, when I come home, I'm learning, you know, and I started going to, to Gaelic classes. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's been amazing wow. to just go. There's a whole cultural history of, of Scotland that I don't know anything mm-hmm. about. And uh, all of a sudden when you're doing a job and you get this little spark uh-huh. and you go, I need oh, to know more. Uh-huh, I need yeah. to know more. So you speak Gaelic? No. <laughs> yes, I can ask for a cup of tea with milk and two sugars. And I could ask you on certain days of the week. Well, it's really I sad to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> and again, it's the thing I'm talking about, about the balance, this work-life thing when you work in the arts. I was learning Gaelic on a Wednesday night mm. and then a job came up on oh, a Wednesday night yeah. and you have to take the job. This is, the podcast is my attempt at having some sort of yeah. hobby. Uh-huh. You know, and I know it's linked to my work, but I think there's more likelihood of me doing it because yeah, I'm working all the time. But yeah, I totally get it. Like, you know, I think everybody in the art, so, you know, connect with that story. And it's also that thing of going, what can you find for yourself that isn't arts related? Because mm. the things that we love are also the things that we do sometimes. 100%. And that's an interesting one to try and get a balance on yeah. in terms of, you know, Again, it's a bit of a cliche, but when you go to the theatre, do you sit back and relax and watch it, or are you looking mm, at it critically? Yeah. Not in a negative way, no, but are just, you always, you know, thinking about yeah. things? And it's um, like when I listen to music, I uh-huh. struggle not to, to choreograph something in my yep. head, and that's kind of why I started listening to podcasts. I totally, I, I get what you're saying. It is hard to switch off from it, yeah. And then being in the world of the arts and the kind of people you're mixing with, yes. Then you know when you're exposed to real life, uh-huh. and plus, I guess it's. It helps you to write. It does. Real life. Yeah, absolutely. And then you go, well, look, I've worked occasionally here at the Tron Theatre with the lovely Yenny Loof, who's mm. a costume designer. And Yenny does um, sewing classes. And I recently, I was at, I am signing up for that. Get me in there. Good so for you. having done that with Yenny, I have now made my first ever dress. It has <sighs> been worn to a party. Well done. Which is, I'm at that. So there are. Pros, you know, yes, in terms of totally. you find your own roots mm. into whatever that might yeah. be for you. So, so yeah. other endeavours, I guess, mm-hmm. have been just by the power of osmosis have just come into your life yeah. over the years of working in this Absolutely. industry. I think one of the things I was very lucky about when I was a student, um, in our second year, we were encouraged to get ourselves a work placement okay. in fact more than encouraged we had to get ourselves a work yeah. placement um, and as a result of that I was offered work with East Kilbride Youth Theatre and I, I was a tutor there for seven years and that was probably my route into teaching mm. and from there um, I have always throughout my career had the great privilege of working with lots of different groups all sorts of ages in a kind of community arts context. Mm. And that's something that over the years I have grown to love more and more. In so many ways, you know, um, so many groups, different ages, different contexts. I was very privileged to work often for Scottish Opera's education department who do the most incredible work. Um, And I, for example, I worked on creating a film with young people who were suffering from cystic fibrosis and we were creating an online uh, choir. I have worked with families through shelter. Um, I've been in primary schools. I've worked with their young company. And they also have this incredible project called Memory Spinners. Yes. For people and their families or carers with dementia to give them an outlet where Mm. we create a performance based on whatever the the main house opera of the season is at the time. So I found myself working for companies that are doing incredible work and not necessarily on a performance, um, you know, in a main stage capacity. But all that kind of thing, I just find utterly inspiring. It's just enriches your life, actually, Uh doing that kind of work, really. Yeah. um, Just working with real people Uh and open their minds and, you know, their hearts to something new. Certainly, you know, when I started working in Amdram Theatre, it was just like a whole other world that I was in. It's like a family. It's like a community that they build and people really care about it and look after it and look after each other. Yeah. you know, they form bonds for life. Uh-huh. Just go to a, a class on a Tuesday night. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's just such a safe space for lots of different people from all walks of life, like uh-huh. you say. I've been really lucky. I work often with um, a young company called Harlequin Eastwood Theatre for Youth. 
Um, and it was their 40th anniversary two years ago. Mm. And there came a moment where they were having this celebratory party and um, their membership goes from age nine up to age 21. And it's a, it's musical theatre, which is not a bad word from a divisor, honestly. Um, <laughs> and I like I love musical theatre that's where my love would have grown yes. from from you know watching the red shoes and mm-hmm. West Side Story anyway at their 40th anniversary party I was looking at the, the dance floor where we were from the 9 year olds right up to 21 year olds just in this massive heaving clump of energy that was bouncing <laughs> up and down on the dance floor singing songs and like you say looking out for one another right. and I just thought what an utter privilege mm. to witness this and to be like a tiny little cog in the wheel of 100%. what this is that goes on yeah. and I think God if I had had something like that at that age how would that have I know. and you think everything's meant and uh-huh. you know your pathway yeah. is your pathway and, whatever you know, that may and be but, and all the, the, uh-huh. that. but yeah like I'm the same like I work with young people sometimes and I just think you're so lucky to have this opportunity and you know and you just hope that the arts are being afforded to as many people yeah. and unfortunately it doesn't always no. it's not always far reaching uh-huh. it's you not. know but so then these community projects I think as well are so important you know like we were talking about the European Championships yep. last year like that was a project that I felt like was so worthwhile yeah. because it was maybe bringing in people and exposing them to something new uh-huh. and, and going you've got good ideas yeah. you've got the ideas like we can build something together yeah. you know and, and it's not for people that you know no, have it, grown up with going to dance classes in every week and uh-huh. having all these amazing opportunities and costumes and that's not that's what, what it's it about to be, absolutely you know? uh-huh. I, I guess it's different with every job and i, I guess it, you know if you're creating something from scratch or whether you're working from a text right. what's your creative process like what, how do you mm. tackle something interesting um yeah i suppose it's that thing of going because every job every group is different mm. sometimes it would depend if you're working from a piece of text if there's a script already is it a score that you're following or are you absolutely starting from scratch and there's always a kind of debate about within a room how much do you give over to your your company and how much as a director do you take the lead mm. on so it will always depend on the environment and the people that you're working with and you know you're always affected by time scales and you know just so many different yeah. factors um Johnny putting the chairs in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which i kind of love though like all of that and it, do you know it reminds me there was a point again it was on a random accomplice tour and we went up to a venue it was a tully nestle and afford hall i think and forgive me if i've got that wrong and it was the the hall was kind of in the middle of nowhere and the audience members came in and set up the chairs for us to watch the show that we were about to perform. And then at the end of production, you know, they're taking it down and the tea turns on. And I just thought, this is fabulous. I was absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was great. Absolutely great. <laughs> and just like sometimes you're like, this is my life. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, in terms of creative processes, I think... That, again, is the beauty and the kind of privilege of the kind of roles that I do, Mm. whatever that may be, whoever it is I'm working for, because it's always different. And there's something incredible about going into some... Everything is, you know, just this new door that opens every time you start on it. Whether it's returning to a group or a company you've worked with before, it's always going to be new. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You just never know what's going to come out of that. It should be. Uh It should feel like that. It should feel like it's going to be new. And you're. I mean, I think sometimes I'm like, I need to remind myself that it should feel uncertain. Uh Like you should be like, oh my, what if I kind of think? Yeah. Uh-huh. because then it's because you care yeah totally you know? and you still get the butterflies on day uh-huh. one going uh-huh. in you know the kind of little hit of nerves which is a good thing I yes. think because there should be no complacency in terms of when you're going in to deliver what no it is that you're going in of no. something you've done before because no. it won't be it's new uh-huh. people it's a new time it's a new place absolutely yeah so like, to sing that <laughs> <you're going>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no I can't sing that would be the end of your podcast as we know it um so yeah, Aye. just know I'll do a movement choreography here in the background. So that'll be lovely. Stunning. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's that thing of going when you walk through that door and you introduce yourself mm. for the first time again. 
you know, and you go, yeah, here, I'm here. Here, here we go. Let's see what happens. Aye. It's the kind of dot, dot, dot syndrome, but yeah. she's just, it's fabulous. And working with other people as well, and that collaboration, obviously, you know, talking about working with Johnny, you would have obviously known how to work with him and the two of you bounce off each other. But again, then you're always thrown into situations where, you know, lighting designers, costume designers, set designers, the the caretaker of the hall, like Uh constantly having to collaborate with other people. Always. Mm. And there's always compromises to be made. And Mm. sometimes the trick is... It's kind of that thing of going, how much of yourself do you invest in something and how much of yourself are you looking after all your team and the people that are working on it with you? And yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sitting here, I suppose, sounding like I'm really looking through rose-tinted spectacles because there can be times when it can be tricky and there are projects that don't work. Mm. I think as long as you, you have to take away from them when you move on to the next time, what you can change or yeah, it's a what curve. you can you bring with you. Uh-huh. Totally. The um, minute you think you know it all, uh-huh. I think well, you need to give it up, don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and yeah, you don't always get it right. No. Or just the combination of things or people or whatever just it doesn't mix. never going yeah. to fit 100%. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's just that problem solving of getting through it to get to the other side. And yeah. Go, well, that's what that was. Uh-huh. And that worked, but that didn't. Yeah. We'll not do that again. Totally. And that's the thing is... <laughs> You have to, you're always learning and mm. you, you never get to a point where you know it all no. at all. And it's really good to come back and revisit stuff, you know, and just remind yourself of, even if it's, you know, an exercise or a piece of music you'd forgotten about yeah. or a, somebody that you haven't worked with in 15 years. It's really nice to revisit things yeah. sometimes as well. Because all these things are evolving over that time. Yeah. The people uh-huh. that you worked with 15 years ago, they're, they're in a lot of places. Yeah, totally. Ah, yeah, so like uh-huh. you say, everything is just going to continue to evolve all the time. Yep. And for you, I guess, there's been so many highlights over the years and there's still so many to come. Yep. But is there particular poignant moments where you're like, or maybe not even a highlight, but maybe uh-huh. there was something just you're that like, that out. stood out for me, positively or negatively? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be really honest and think what's immediately flashing into my head. Mm. Do you know that way? And I'm going, what's the things that are coming up? <laughs> I have to say this really honestly. I got to direct West Side Story. That was a a massive highlight for me. That was the thing I think for when I was 13, 14, I would watch that film mm. constantly. And to be able to put it on and work with such a brilliant team and have a great cast, I... Yeah, that was a, a massive yeah. highlight. Random Accomplice, we produced some amazing pieces of work. We we had one called News Just In, which went on as part of the 2014 Commonwealth Games. And we created 10 new shows in 10 days. Goodness. And we would write them and rehearse them during the day and put them on at night as part of the what had ever happened as part of the Commonwealth Games. Jeez, what content that is in itself. See, when I look back on it, I go... What massive ambition. And we had a brilliant team of actors as well and stage managers and production managers and sound costume. I mean, literally, you're so aware that you can't do what you do without everybody doing the same thing. But, I mean, with Random Accomplice, there has been masses of highlights in terms of favourite shows, taking shows places, going to New York. We had the Big Gay trilogy. But I think when I think about News Just In, I go, how ambitious and crazy and ridiculous <laughs> and fabulously yeah. camp and funny and just having the balls to go yeah, yeah between the two of us we can let's figure this out let's do it yeah. Uh, so yeah I think that would have to Definitely be safe, a yeah. big highlight uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah I mean there are some sometimes you work on small projects but you come away, you're an emotional wreck sometimes <laughs> and you make, you know, a friend of someone or you just see something in somebody and you just go, I mean, yeah. that's the loveliest thing. So yeah. it, it is hard to pick out some of those things, but they live with you and um, we're, sometimes we're kind to one another in the arts. We're good at giving out um, first night cards. and You are. You are very <laughs> kind to Julie Brown. I have to say, not everybody is, but Julie Brown is so kind to everybody. Like, gave everybody in the cast a card. Oh, like, I love that's it. That's very kind that's, of you. But it's very important, kindness. 
Yeah. And the fact that you're doing this podcast, mm-hmm. and I, I say this to every guest, like, and it might seem like nothing, yeah. you know, but it's your time. Mm-hmm. And you could just go, no, or do you know what I mean? Like, uh, being kind and just going out your way for people, or just a nice note uh-huh. or a nice word or something. Because we're all human beings right. at the end of the day, uh-huh. aren't we? Uh-huh. And it was just when you were asking about highlighting that, yeah. I was thinking about, like, I've kept all my cards, so right. any card I've been given, Me they're too. all in a box. Uh-huh. I was good at the uh-huh. start, and I used to have photograph albums, and I would have photographed. You oh, remember wow. back in the day when we had a camera, oh, and we'd put the spool way. into boots? Yes, and it would have the wee um, sticker on it saying, your finger is over the lens. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I do have photograph albums and I would put the programmes in it and the cards. Over the years, that's kind of fallen away, but I want to get back into it. So I still have all my cards. But I do remember one time I worked on a National Theatre of Scotland Transform project and we were up in Thurzo. And it was an incredible project that involved the entire town. It was directed by John Tiffany who was assisted by Johnny McKnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was choreographed by Stephen Hoggart and uh, he was assisted by Eddie Key and the lovely Brian Doherty was the composer on it. And there was a whole team of people and I was working on it as the project manager. So you're in the, the backgrounds, kind of doing all the logistical things mm-hmm. to make this kind of um, promenade piece through a town work. And on the very last day, we were packing up the cars to leave and I had went up to the high school to give them some DVDs. And three girls gave me a card and I opened it in the back seat of the car. And I'm not joking, they, they, they were basically thanking me for everything I had done and they had recognised that probably folk didn't know maybe my name so much because I wasn't in the rehearsal yeah, room. Yeah. But their words were so kind and I just I burst out crying and I was literally sobbing in the back of the car, leaving Thurzo. See if it was a movie, it would be like in a... Slow montage with some, you know, like a a stereophonic song in the background or something cheesy like that. If it was me that was scoring, it'd be take that, of course. But of course, I remember driving out of the car park. Literally, couldn't breathe. I mean, it's the tiredness. I think we'd been up till about six o'clock in the morning at the local nightclub. Um, But when I was reading it and I was going, "Oh, those lovely girls," you know that way. I was like a kid that couldn't breathe because I was crying so much. And yeah, so I still have that card that along with all the others. Amazing. But these are they the little matter. moments. I know, I they know. They totally matter. Uh-huh. And just the, the, you don't realise probably how people's lives uh-huh. are being touched by the arts yeah. and what you're Yeah, working. totally. But they don't also don't realise how that much your life. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. That what they've done for you. Yeah, 100%. And it's just human interaction. Uh-huh. Engaging yeah. through music or song or drama yeah. or dance is just so important. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It really does. And it just opens people's souls yeah I think. Well, that's a lovely way of putting it I like that you know I just I think it's I think and there's just a lot of fear attached to and you are exposing yourself when uh-huh. you are doing something performance wise or yeah. putting your ideas out in the world but just never want to discourage that yeah. like your ideas are great I know there. and that's the thing you never want to make assumptions about anyone because sometimes you can be in a workshop or in an event or doing a project and somebody can look absolutely miserable and to mm. be frank I'm normally the person <laughs> I do have a long face. In fact, I once in a nightclub, my friends know this story, I was just standing waiting for friends, as you do, there at the bar, whatever, and some guy came up to me and he was like, smile, it might never happen, you know, the cheesy lines. And I said to him, I'm happy on the inside, thank you. (laughs) I'm just the way I have a long face. (laughs) (laughs) But I would always, you know, I do, I have a long face. I have the jowls, as my mother would say. Smiley. Well, it's that thing of going, just because somebody's sitting in a room looking miserable, True. we don't make assumptions that they're not mm. um, interacting or well, doing I mean, something. Well, I've heard this before. I mean, I spoke to Ryan Davidson, a magician. He was saying, you always play to the one person in the audience that looks like they're having a miserable time. Right. And then they're the very person that comes up to you at the end and says, that's the best that was I've brilliant. ever seen. And you're uh-huh. like, all right, so uh-huh. I'm just literally giving you all of my energy because <laughs> I thought you were hating this. Uh-huh. But actually, just, sometimes yeah. you can't read people like you say you just got to take everybody as you find them that's it and not make an assumption that they don't it's like it it's weird him saying that because that's the thing about when you when you perform in panto 
there's something about when you're on stage and you have that interaction with the audience but the minute you do a role reversal and you're sitting in the audience I can find myself going oh please don't god don't pick me don't pick me uh-huh yeah so true uh-huh. don't come near yeah, me I'd rather much much rather uh-huh. be on stage yeah, thank you yeah. very much absolutely 100% <laughs> don't ask me to enjoy myself uh-huh. I'm not no doing it uh-huh. yes <laughs> and like you were saying like the kind of role of producer and that kind of behind the scenes stuff yes. as well like not being front and centre and being the, the person that gets all the cards uh-huh. you've obviously done a lot of you know project management and you talk about funding applications yeah. and the stuff that they don't necessarily teach you at yeah, you know, uh-huh. your training that's a whole other world as well that a lot of people are not aware of I yeah guess. I suppose um, and I think that's the thing when you're able to straddle a lot of kind of um, roles you are aware of what it takes to put something together sometimes when you're just in a room all you're thinking about is what's happening in the room with the people but there is a whole other network of things going on out there and it can be hard for young artists who are maybe starting out who want to to do something you know it's I'm very aware that um, I've been lucky over the years I've been in a privileged position where I have managed to achieve funding for certain Mm. things and it's made a massive difference but we're not always lucky and no, no. we do see over the years that companies have to fold and sometimes they run their course and sometimes you can see professional burnout in people yeah. as well happening and sometimes there's maybe not a need for particular types of work and, and you know things change mm. and the geography of the kind of cultural landscape maybe changes as well so it can be difficult and I suppose as an artist, that's the bit that interests you least in yes. terms of all that uh-huh. stuff. But it is something I think you need to engage with yeah. to an extent. Or if you don't, you know somebody who can well, and you have that partnership. Yeah. If you um, can't do your then tax return, then you need to get somebody else to do <laughs> yeah. Still needs to happen. It does. All these things are important. But I think even if you look, it's that thing of going, God, look at all your podcast, Lisa, and all these people that you've spoken to. And how many people do we go, oh, that's so-and-so who knows such and yes. such. And then there's a link and mm. you go, oh, there's always roots in. Yes. And I think if that's if you're open to having these conversations with people, you know I have no problem with offering what I know to folk. I am not sure about where this kind of closed offishness comes from. Mm-hmm. In some respects, in some areas, you go. Let's just share the knowledge. Let's share it round. Yes. Let's uh-huh, learn like from see, one like, another. It's not like massive secret. No, not aha. Like come and ask. I, I learned from somebody else, or somebody else gave me the yeah. opportunity to try something. Yeah. and then I learned from that. So Absolutely. I'm going to be that guy for you. Yes. You in know? fact, that makes me go, here's a potential podcast guest for you Amazing. then, is the lovely Sevi Wiper, yes. who's the um, producer of Vanishing Point Theatre Company. Right. Vanishing Point created a scheme called Space Eleven, and it offered an opportunity to Random Accomplice, to Vox Motus, to David Leddy of Fire Exit Limited, and Pamela Carter, to be mentored by Sevi at right. Vanishing Point. And all of a sudden you find yourself, you have someone that you can ask the difficult questions of that you don't know the answer Mm. to. And she was so considerate and giving of her time. And I think I, there came a point where I was at that, right, we want to give that back to someone else as well Mm. now. And I think that is the thing, when you find somebody like that... And I think across the board, like you're saying with other podcast guests, I was talking to um, Fee Douglas of textile design company Bluebell Grey, Mm -hmm. and she said the same thing. Coming out of art school, she was like, how do I send parcels? Uh Like, nobody tells you this (laughs) stuff. Nobody tells you. You know, and then she's like, now I, you know, I'm happy to say I didn't have a clue. Uh And I just had to figure it out or I had to ask the questions. And now I'm the person that people look, look, look to me thinking I know it all and I've always known it all. Yeah, I haven't. No, you know, uh-huh. we're, we're all in the same boat. Really. Uh-huh. We're just all different stages, kind of thing. There's, that's making me now think of the the very inspiring Claire Halloran and Lisa Sangster, two Scottish theatre designers, yeah. and they created the Envelope Room. Mm. And again, that's um, to encourage designers to talk to one another, to look for opportunities, to share the knowledge. Yeah. So these kind of things, I think, are so important. Mm. There's you know? no room for. You know, like no. putting your hand around your work, like folks uh-huh. are doing school, don't yeah, copy yeah. me. It's not about copying. No. No, there's no plagiarism here. It's just like 
I'll sketch you back, you sketch me, and like, I know something, do you know something? Uh-huh. I'll t- you know, share knowledge, share yeah, interest, totally. share the creativity, because we're much better just together uh-huh. than apart, yeah. you know? And like with the podcast, that's really celebrating creativity and being courageous, but also just celebrating connecting with yeah. people. There's uh-huh. nothing better than bringing folk together. Yeah. And I think if that's your superpower, then use it to your. Uh-huh. If you've got, if you know something or you know somebody that can help somebody else, tell them yeah it's so important there's enough work to go around uh-huh. guys you know and if there isn't create it it doesn't exist <laughs> and there it. comes a point you suddenly realize oh i'm not being described as an emerging artist anymore <laughs> oh dear right i've crossed over that line so you know that there's a <laughs> You know that there are, there's always, Aye. you know, there's always yeah. going to be a new generation, whoever, whoever that may be. And what, what a compliment is to be asked. Uh-huh. Because somebody thinks you know. Yeah. That's, that's a massive compliment. Uh-huh. You know, it's not like I'm trying to, I'm trying to fast track myself. No. I'm trying to skip a few. There's always going to be hurdles. There's my way. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, but if somebody can just help you over one. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes nice. you just have to say, do you know what? I don't know. Aye. But. I'm going to try and help somebody <laughs> find you something that does. Hunt, right. uh-huh. You know, suggest somebody else or recommend somebody else. I think that's super important as well. Uh-huh. Just go, Sorry, I'm not available. End of. End of. Mm-hmm. So then that person's left with nobody. Yeah. You know, and having to go and, and you're like, but I know somebody. Uh-huh. I just tell them, give them work. Maybe yeah. they'll do that for me one day. Uh-huh. That'd be lovely. Great. It's not rocket science, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you ever get the thing of... I still get this, having been working for 20 years, whatever it is. When are you going to get yourself a real job, Julie? <laughs> You're kind of like that. And when you try to explain to people what it is you do, you know, like friends and family. Yes. Yeah. Are you going into teaching? No. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's a kind of interesting thing as well, yes. to try and deal with. Mickey Mouse job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're like, are you just a yeah. bit jealous? Yeah. That's how it is. Every day is different. And that's the thing, like, there is a lot of fun, there is a lot of laughs, there is a lot of support. There's so many positives, but like you say, mm-hmm. there's so many challenges. There are. I mean, you, yeah. need, you need to work for it, in Aye. a sense. Totally. Um, you put in the graft. You do, time. you do. And you don't always know where that next paycheck is coming nope. from, nope. sometimes. You just have to be good at the, the, the old, old budgeting. budgeting. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. So any future generation of artists out there, get your Excel spreadsheets out. <laughs> You're going to need to do a cash flow, yeah. <laughs> but if you colour code it, it makes it a bit more fun. Oh, so. You're way ahead of me. Uh-huh. Now, right. I'm, I'm just getting the notes in my phone or like scribblings of right, how much have I spent this week and the receipts in Polly Pockets. <laughs> it's old school, we like I that, yes. Uh-huh. Four different highlighters. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. if you can do something that you love, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't really massively agree with it. You'll never work a day in your life if you, you know, that, no, I'm no. definitely working hard. Uh-huh. But if you can enjoy it uh-huh. for the most part and it yeah. brings you joy and you, it brings other people joy, I think as well. I mean, how lucky? Oh, uh-huh. Massively lucky. Yeah. So, Although I you guess, do sometimes look to the future and go, am I going to be doing this when I'm 65? We're in funny times just now as well. You know, I don't know what's... Is, is, there, is there stuff that you think I'd like to dabble? Oh, probably. 100% mm. yes. I'm sure there's loads. And something we were talking about just um, before we started recording is sometimes you do maybe suffer a wee crisis of confidence or you kind of question where you are or what yeah. you're doing. Um, and I think it's important to say that. Yeah, it can happen. Somebody like Julie Brown, who's got this wealth of experience, and you know, people just look at Julie and go, Julie knows what she's doing. She's not going to be having any crisis of course. Aye. Aye, you do. Aye. You absolutely do sometimes, mm, you know. That's and I think sometimes it's just down to personalities. I, you know, I'm, I think I was considering myself quite a strong person. I'm kind of, kind of get my head down and kind of get on with things, yes. and I'll just take it on and I'll do it absolutely to the best I can. Mm. But um, where yeah, do you, I mean, where do you get that from? I think that's just from my parents right. and from my upbringing. Yeah. I see it. Um, you see people go through things in life and. Um, challenges really tough challenges but they attack it you know mm-hmm. they they won't let it uh, drag them yeah, down yeah. type of thing and yeah. I, I think that's just something that I've always had instilled in me but it, it's not something you're aware of that you're doing it's just who you are as yeah. a person mm-hmm. um 
And every now and again, like everybody else, you do need a wee G up. Aye. You know, of course We're you all do. A wobble, you know what I mean? We are. Of course we are. Mm. I think that's important to see as well. Um, and it's something that we're much more aware of nowadays as well, I think. Yeah. Um, and we do talk about things. I think that for a while there was that kind of, oh, I'm so busy and, I'm so, you know, I'm totally killing it. And yeah. to say you're busy all the time, sometimes you're not. Like, that's the reality of uh-huh. it. Yeah. And I think but there's this thing where we felt like we always needed to say, yeah. we're so busy and so in demand and, oh, I'm so tired and... Like, as if that was that was a measure of how successful you, were. you are, or, or I've got it together and I'm totally spinning all the plates. Aye, but it doesn't mean it's anything like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe spinning all the plates, but it's, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think there's probably a time when you're in your earlier stages of your career, you find yourself saying yes to things. And it's something that you were talking about within the podcast earlier was we sometimes have to say no, you know, we might not be the right person for the job. And you do, it's like anything else. It's just having the maturity to recognise that. I sound like an old codger, but it is, it's an experience thing that you you get in Mm. touch with at some point. And and a a gut feeling, an instinctual thing, Uh you know, about what the kind of work that you want to be involved in. Uh You know, and you you put a lot of effort into it and you build up that, your name, if you like, like anything you want to protect that you want to always do your best and yep. if you feel like you're not the best person for that for whatever reason uh-huh. then it's best to just not yeah do it. Well, I mean, we wouldn't be doing it for the money anyway <laughs> there, so. oh no uh-huh, yes <laughs> you know this is where i hark back to because i used to work in an insurance company mm-hmm. um that I took out, I'm very smugly right. going to see that I took out a personal pension when I left school. You're yes, uh-huh. smug. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm the person at the party just that you just you don't Julie want Brown to talk to. <laughs> like, oh no, leave her, leave her outside the door. Uh-huh. Can't that be having that. Yeah, I know. Aye. See? You didn't say that. Well, so. <laughs> I did, I did. Weirdly though, I was talking about this to somebody recently, was I still have, I kept my first ever bank book and I was in the Abbey National, as Uh it was then, which used to, used to take down and it would get stamped and get signed by the cashier. Um, And just to remind listeners, I'm only in my early thirties. And uh, yeah, I used to take my pocket money down. So I've got this Abbey National Bank book and you can see I've put in like 50 pence or Aww. 80 pence or whatever. So you were, yeah, you were squirreling away. Squirreling away. I, th- I think it was that thing of going, I was kind of encouraged by my mum and dad to kind of save. Yeah, so. I've still got a Claysdale account. It was my right. first account. It's got 50 quid in it. I keep meaning to take that. it out. Uh-huh. And I just, I'm like... That's my mm-hmm. rainy day fund. <laughs> 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 That's it. So what's yeah. next for Julie Brown? Can I dare ask that? Oh, I tell you. Any so, concerts, Julie? Because I know you're a big music fan. I mean, work. work I mean, you, you do work a lot. But I do. I, do you, I know you do like a bit of a concert. I do. So next big one is Share. Yeah. Yes. Even that we were working together the last I'm time. I'm going yes. to see the Share. I yes. am. I mean, Loving she it. is utterly fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm going, I think uh-huh. I might be going to see Bjork. We shall Wowzers. see. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that might be coming up. The last big one I was at was, of course, take that. Because anybody who knows me, <laughs> yes, it's the only thing I play. Take that in 80s classics. Nothing so, wrong with uh-huh, that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, of course, when it comes to workshops, you're like that. Mm, I'm not sure how appropriate any of this music is. <laughs> Plus, I'm still playing them on CDs. I'm walking into, where's your CD player? Uh-huh. <laughs> you keep it old school. You yeah, keep yeah. Full albums, Yes, full albums and a CD. CDs. It's all good. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the next big one is the share. So that'd be fabulous. And then work. Work-wise. So currently, I have been working at the Tron Theatre as the Creative Learning Manager, and that's a post I've been doing on a maternity cover, and that ends in six weeks. I feel like I'm putting myself up for work. Um, (laughs) CV is available. Um, And the next thing for me is I'm going to be directing Beauty and the Beast for Glasgow Life, which is their touring Christmas pantomime. Which Oh no it's not Oh Lisa no, And I get I, I suppose it feels like It feels sickle It's talking about Some of the things We've been discussing today But Glasgow Life Have been touring This pantomime For 10 years And it probably Falls under the radar A lot But it's an incredible thing 
Um, I, I only came across it about three years ago. Yeah. I hadn't been aware it happened. And like you say, you've been working in the arts for 20 years, but you're only discovering that these things are happening. So true. Um, so, yeah, so Beauty and the Beast by Alan McHugh. Um, I feel like I should be planting the dates. Do it. If, if they're listening, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the start date. I think it might be round about the 30th of November, but there'll be listings on yes, we'll put the And we open it for Muller Community Centre, yeah. Yeah, um, I love it. It's, it's a fantastic project, so I'm yeah. really looking forward really to starting good. that um, so currently working with the lovely Karen McIver mm. who's a composer and musical director and again you know Karen has she composed for Random Accomplice in several shows I'd also worked with her at Scottish Opera and here we are working together on Panto so it's really nice you do cross paths with people nice. over the years um, so we are currently um, mixing up our um, our modern music I'm trying to think what one it is that we were working on the most recently. Maybe High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Is that a wee spoiler alert in there? Mm -hmm. Cool. So I'm forgetting, like, I've never done a panto before. So, um, Lisa, we need to. If anybody out there is (laughs) listening, get Lisa Kennedy in to choreograph your panto. Yes. Yeah, I feel like panto is where I uh I want to be, actually. Fabulous. I I forget that that's the kind of thing about panto. Uh You, You have to go with, like, the current. Tunes. Yes, but you need a classic in there. Of course. You always need a classic. No, one that everybody's going to know. Uh-huh. Well, the grannies too. Yes, exactly, ah, exactly. Cool. So a wee mix-up of past and like present. So, yes. So Julie, in rehearsals, I feel like you are going to be singing. <laughs> I'm going to miss out this I totally am. Uh-huh, <laughs> yes. Do your beautiful singing voice yep. as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that many people have heard it and said no. Um, but it's funny when you're talking about share because the last um, Random Accomplice touring production was And the Beat Goes On mm. which was a production about um, a couple who were stuck in this world of the Sunny and Cher show because their daughter had gone missing and they couldn't pull themselves out of the ritual and um, myself and Johnny were dressed as Sunny and Cher so yes. we did sing in that so I've done my kind of, of yes You've done it all. I've done it all. Been That's it. it. The photo's even on the photo is framed in in the in the hall on the wall. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean how fame. Yeah, but I'm going how selfish. Imagine having a picture of yourself in a frame yeah. on your wall. Aye. That's it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so well, Julie, we are moving on to what we call the thingy-me-bobs. Love the thingy-me-bobs. Yes. yes. Um, these are just random questions. Right. I have many, but I have selected a few on the list of simple. Are they quick fire? Should I not they be umming and oying? You can um and oil, you like, like right. it. will seem like you were just on it. Like right. a car bonnet, as Jane Toast. Hamilton would say. <laughs> yes. If you could switch lives with someone for a day, who would it be? Oh, Lisa Kennedy. <laughs> Who would it be? Oh, that's... I feel like I should be able to answer this immediately. And isn't it weird that in my head I'm immediately going to celebrity slash, you know... Yeah, share or something. Yeah, I mean, that's, to- that's totally where I'm I mean, going. Who does want to be share But if I could switch for the day... Yeah, it could be somebody you know. Hmm. That's terrible. Look how dull I am. I can't even give you an answer immediately. So Nothing dull. poignant or political. I feel like in this current current crisis that we're in, I'd you like to know how Nicola Sturgeon <laughs> is getting on. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. True story. Um, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go with... I would like to be Boris Johnson for the day because right. I want to know what is going on in that man's head. <laughs> so that's who I'm going to pick. That's a very valid right. answer. I like it. Don't put your don't put yourself under pressure. No, uh-huh. whatever you say is going to be wonderful. Right. And I think with the, these questions, you know, if I asked you two days time, you know, it's going to change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely going to change. <laughs> What's a moment in your past that you would want to relive? Oh, now I have a terrible habit. I think I regret things. Okay. Um, and I should just embrace things and go. Do you know what? That's what made That's you who you are today. Mm. So. Sometimes I think I've kind of missed out on opportunities because I wasn't bold enough. Okay. So maybe I would pick a moment of my past where I would just throw caution to the wind and try something. So I maybe nice. can't give you a nice. particular yeah, event, yeah, yeah. but again, over the years you get a lot more chills about things. But yeah, I think that's the thing. I would maybe nice. go back and just go, 
Do you know what? Just go to try it. Yeah. Night in or night out? Night in or night out. I would take... Can I take either? That's not really answering the question, is it? I feel like I'm currently in a night in vibe. Uh Uh-huh. That's because Strictly started. But I was recently at... Listeners, have you ever been to Hip Replacement? It's fabulous. So Hip Replacement... And the tagline is clubbing for the middle-aged. And it's a nightclub, starts at half seven, finishes at midnight, and it's all 80s with about a 70s and 90s thrown in. There's a Facebook page. See Hip Replacement if you're listening. Feel free to give me the commission. I do not mind. But they're in a party cricket club every month. But they do, the big one is part of Merchant City Festival in the old fruit market. And that was my last big night out was Hip Replacement at the fruit market. It's... Fabulous. Sounds it. I was sloshing. I was doing the slosh. Who knew? Uh We were just talking about clubbing last night and I was like, I've not been out dancing for ages. No, the same. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. Religiously. No. Now it's once a month, half seven till midnight. There you go. Hit replacement Uh is. So, night in with the occasional night out. Night out, yeah. I like it. Um, Can you finish the sentence? When I was wee, I... I was really good at making friends on the beach. Were you? Yep. I mean, I say that as if I'm surprised. I think because I'm an only child. Okay. Whenever I was on holiday, I would always end up with pals. Always Ah. on the beach when you're out playing with your bucket and spade. And I had a wee dinghy that I used to love taking into the sea. I would always make a pal. Of course. Yep. And nothing's changed. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) That's lovely. Uh-huh. Um, where is your happy place? At home. Yeah? Yeah. Home is home is home. Yeah. Lovely. You always know where you are at home. Yes, very true. But very I'm, true. I'm going to just throw in, I've got probably a plan B, and plan B would, I'm discovering my love for Scotland. Okay. And just the kind of beauty and majesty of this country mm. and I've been very lucky recently to have gone away to a few different places and I right. kind of talked about it I think it started off with going some places with work yeah. and I've been able to go for pleasure and oh, that's nice. it's joyous I know there's so many ah. places I've not seen Yeah. and talking to people on the podcast that have got involved in different sports or whatever that have yeah. like, you know, uh-huh. we're talking about the Highland Games yeah. uh, recently and just the places that you know people have went to and I'm like yep yeah, I need to see more yeah. in Scotland definitely uh-huh. yeah it's incredible. Mm. If what? anyone from Visit Scotland wants me to, you know, know go and try things out for them. Really, really <laughs> I feel like that's that you would just soar doing that. <laughs> Particularly places that sell Empire Biscuits and cups of tea. Empire Biscuits are my actual favourite. That's mine too. Last week there was an Empire emergency. Empire Oof. Biscuit emergency on a Thursday. Uh-huh. I was in the garage and I was like, oh, no. I need one. Yep. I was at McGee's one too. Love it. Massive. This is how many people know me. When you're on a theatre tour, you (laughs) recommend it by the quality of the Empire Biscuit in the theatre or the nearby establishments. (laughs) 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 Yes. Seeing as I know you go to quite a lot of gigs, best gig you've ever been to? It's got to be when Robbie came back to take that in Hamden. It was pouring with rain, like literally pouring from the heavens. And the floods came on and I felt like I was a teenager again. It was fantastic. So yep. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. And my last question, which I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm actually gutted this is over, Julie. Right. Totally. <laughs> Just thought I'd put that in there. Uh, yeah, my last question to ask everybody is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Do you know something? I should have been prepped for this, shouldn't I? Having listened to... Mm, that's okay. Right. There's a word I love that I don't know if I would necessarily is Scottish, but I use it a lot. Uh-huh. And you might need to bleep this out. It's fine. But I love the word arsehole. <laughs> In terms of just calling somebody right. a total arsehole. Oh, right. right. <laughs> and do you I like of, that. Do you these, these, uh, these? I usually use it with love and affection. Oh, well, that's kind I of usually nice. use it in a with a cheeky wink in the eye and a, you know, a knowing smile. Also, my dad and I like to use the word pish, which my mum 
hates, detests it. So my dad and I have been known to text when we're doing the strictly texting, right. and we are kind of rating our the, the dancers, and it's yes. usually a one-word text, and that's one that comes up quite a lot. So that's another good word. And a phrase that my gran used to use and my mum still uses is your arse and parsley. So if you're talking about something and it's talking nonsense. Talking, oh, your arse and parsley. That's a good one. I like that too. Uh-huh. <laughs> all excellent. And none of them have been said on Oh, there we are. Right. So you're nailing it, yes. uh-huh. <laughs> Well, on that note... Thank you so much. For Not at us. all. Lisa Kennedy, it has been lovely to do this and I have to absolutely commend you and applaud you for creating this podcast. Aww. I think, it, again, it just highlights just the amazing, you know, plethora mm. of artists and makers and just interesting people yeah. that are out there. That's what it is for me. It's I'm great. just fascinated uh-huh. and I'm just very lucky to be in this world even a smidgen Mm -hmm. you know and just to give people a platform to introduce people to other people you know just connections I think Uh is super important and we are we're more connected than we've ever been with the internet but then but in some ways exactly exactly Uh you know this is how I get this podcast out I've spoken about this a million times MD listens to the podcast like she's still going on about the internet I am on the internet a lot Uh I use it to promote this podcast I wouldn't have it without the internet but the face-to-face it's, uh-huh. wins. Every time, hands Every out. Time. And if you do it with a cup of tea and an Empire Biscuit... Boom. Done. Done. Listen, Julie, thank you so no, much. No, thank you for having me. I know me. whatever you do next, it'll just be with joy and with a, an Empire Biscuit. Absolutely. <laughs> what a way to finish. Yes, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.